What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I greatly appreciate it, man. I hope you and yours are doing well. I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope everybody's wearing their mask, social distancing. In all seriousness, man, uh, take care of each other, love each other. There's a lot of vitriol out there. There's a lot of divisiveness. I know this year's been really crazy. We've lost some wonderful people. Um, we've we've gone through a lot of just horrible stuff in our country. Horrible stuff. Uh, we lost we've lost a lot of life, uh, and it's just such a turbulent uh, climate and times. But I, I challenge you to find the good, and I challenge you to seek the good and to do good and to just just love each other and be good to each other, man. I really think that. Uh, cheesy as it may sound i really believe that love conquers all and if we all can do a little bit every single day to make somebody laugh to help somebody even if it's opening the door for somebody or helping somebody with their groceries and you know i know now you got to watch the six feet stuff but just just be good to people man it doesn't take much you don't need to have a, a big bank account or a huge platform you know just in your everyday life when nobody's watching just just be good to your fellow humans okay that's my little uh, my little PSA to start this puppy. But uh, again, I, I, I greatly appreciate everybody who's been checking out the podcast. The last episode was a lot of fun. Guy by the name of Sterling R. Jackson, great musician. He was part of an awesome, a perfect circle cover of uh, Judith. So please go check that out. Uh, he also has a, a covers album out that just came out, I think, in June. Reflections Volume 1, which is a, a compilation of like remastered covers that he's done over the years. And beyond that, his original stuff in Cosm and Vegas Nerve, Philotaxis, it's all it's all really good, man. So thank you to Sterling and thank you to everybody who checked out that episode and previous episodes. As always, you can check out the podcast at march4th.podbean.com. It's also on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeart. You're listening to it right now, so you found it somehow, and I thank you. All that being said, man... Um, you know, your boy is, uh, I'm kind of like an old man trapped in a, in a young man's body. And I've kind of been like that since I was a kid. I don't know. You could call me an old soul. But uh, my relationship with social media, I'm the type of guy, uh, usually I like to keep a pretty low profile. You know, I consider myself to be pretty affable. I'm pretty easy to get along with uh, just because I'm kind of a goofball. And, uh, you know, I like to make other people feel comfortable but uh, in my private life, I like to keep my private life private, you know, because when you put on a cape and a mask and you fight crime at night, you probably don't want people to know who you are during the day. You know what I'm saying? Bruce Wayne ain't the only one out here, folks. I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying. Uh, in all seriousness, though, like social media, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good and bad to it. Um, and like I said, me personally, uh, I, I usually like to keep my private life uh, private and you know, right now especially, there's a lot of vitriol out there. There's a lot of, uh, like I said, divisiveness and just uh, just a lot of horrible crap. To be honest with you, for lack of a lack of a better way to say it. But that being said, um, you know, in terms of finding the good in people, there's also a lot of really good on social media. There's also, you know, a lot of things that go viral. Excuse me, uh, in, in in a good way, and you know, there's a way to share positivity, and so. You know, when I got this podcast going again and I, you know, revamped it and, uh, you know, with, with kind of the hope of the, the threat of perseverance and moving forward, 
obviously I wanted to try to connect with people and, and uh, hopefully that this can be something that's a positive part of their day and um, they can check out new bands or just, you know, hear stories that inspire them. So long story short, I did get on Instagram earlier this year, uh, just a few months ago actually, and there was a band on there that I discovered and started listening to their music and I was like, holy shnikes, man, I really dig these guys. Let me see if I can get them on the podcast. And that band is none other than Discrepancies out of St. Louis, Missouri. These guys came out with their debut EP in 2014 and then their first full-length album on In Vogue Records, The Awakening, came out in 2018 kind of a rap rock fusion thing going on um i hate comparing bands to other bands but i would say if you're like a fan of like lincoln park or pod you know bands that uh, that i grew up with I, I i would definitely say uh that you you would love these guys another one critical bill out of detroit but uh i just really i really dug their music so i reached out to them and shout out to garrett uh the bassist got back to me and uh, we were able to get a couple of members on the show, and it was just a it was a fun conversation. You know, if you're if you're a fan of the band, you already know. I mean, their music covers everything from, you know, anxiety to relationships to just kind of a party vibe. Get hype was a was a song that early on in their career helped them helped them kind of blow up. I mean, they've played with a lot of bands over the years. Back in 2015, before they were signed, they they had like 50 shows in 60 days. Um, get get hype I mentioned was downloaded like 10,000 times right out the gate on their own website before they were with a record label so you know I, I really dig what these guys are doing um, some of my favorites are raising the bar not alone wake up keep hope alive this year in 2020 they've already released a few singles to get people excited for their new album and as you'll hear in this conversation you know, uh, 2020's messed up a lot of things for a lot of people, to say the least, and especially the music community. So, you know, a lot of bands like Discrepancies, who kind of had plans laid out for albums and touring, obviously it all, you know, it all uh, went out the window with the virus. So whether you're a fan of the, of the band or not, I, I encourage you to check them out, and I really hope you dig this conversation. The band is comprised of Garrett on bass, Zach on drums, Antonio, a.k.a. Antonio the Great, ATG, uh, who, who's on vocals and raps, and Addison, who also does vocals and guitar. So we were able to get Zach and Antonio for this puppy. And uh, again, I really enjoyed the conversation. We cover a lot of ground. And, uh, you know, again, this was this is a positive story of just you know, people coming together from different backgrounds and different ways of life and, you know, making some really, really awesome music. And I really think that they're a band that uh, you are going to continue to hear more about. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Zach and Antonio from Discrepancies. Here it is. Yeah, man. Just to, just to kick it off, so people people that listen to this know your know your voices outside of your fan base. Can you just uh, tell tell people who who you are, what you do in the band, um, and then that way, as we as we move through this puppy, they 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 know who's talking. Uh, here we go. All right. Uh, this is ATG. I do vocals. I do um, most of the rapping. I guess all of the rapping. So, <laughs> 
Sometimes right. I'll throw a line or two in there. Yeah, so. yeah, Zach will throw a couple <laughs> bars in there once in a while. <laughs> and I'm Zach, and I play drums, and I apparently throw a couple lines in there every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. So just starting with, with, with uh, both of you guys, man, um, growing up for me, uh, like neither one of my parents are musically inclined, but it was always in the house growing up. My dad was huge into like classic rock and – Tom Petty, Eric Clapton, all that stuff. My mom was much more 80s pop and uh, new wave stuff. And and so this, the surface they scratched of the stuff that I grew up with, I was born in 88. Like I said, I'm 32. So I was I was a little kid in the, in the, in the mid-90s, and that was obviously at the big grunge boom and everything. But uh, it was my oldest brother who was into the heavy stuff, and I really wanted to be like him. So Metallica, you know, Korn, all of that in the, in the mid-90s. Um, but some of some of my musical earliest musical memories are like growing up listening to like Tom Petty and Eric Clapton with my dad. You guys being musicians, like, do you remember like the really? first the first song or artist or musical memory that that uh, really grabbed you and just made you want to go down the rabbit hole with this stuff? Um, personally, personally, for me, who inspired me, um, I started off hanging out with my mom a lot due to my dad's work schedule, and she's like a really like pop based person person so like i actually got started on like backstreet boys and that was like my original like influence on like music and i actually just met them last year and it was like crazy but anyway oh and wow. I started, <laughs> yeah i started uh, hanging out with my dad more uh you know so, like around like 10 or so and he, he was really like heavier stuff uh so uh, that's when i got into like slipknot and corn and i hated both of those originally but now like slipknot is like my all-time like no question like slipknot is my band now so like I, you know I, i'm kind of diverse as far as like the background goes from like what got me into music you know because i started at backstreet boys and end up at slipknot and now i still love both so i mean i'm all over the musical spectrum myself so, so. right on right on man. what about um, you antonio I would say just the first music I remember hearing just that made me a fan of music in general was like um, my my mind's playing tricks on me by Ghetto Boys is probably like the first uh, I don't know if it's the first song I ever heard but I think it's the first music video I ever seen so like I and it was weird it was really creepy but I like I don't know if you've ever seen it it's a really creepy video but uh, it just like I don't know it just pulled me in and like just the instrumental and everything. It wasn't even so much of the rapping. It was just the music. And then um, that and then to like Tupac. That was like my main go-to. Brenda's Got a Baby when I first heard that on cassette way back in the day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember rewinding that over and over and over again. Um, and uh, that, that's just was like becoming a fan. And then I realized like, one of my uncles was in a rap group and they took me to the studio with them and I just got to see that process like I never even you know what I mean thought of anything like that as far as real people you know what I'm saying seeing the actual artists like working so like that made me kind of want to start writing myself and I remember I wrote a few lines and I like said them to my uncle and he was like you didn't write that <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did, and he's like, no, you didn't, and then just walked away. And to this day, I still don't know if he like, like I mean, he probably believe it now, 
<laughs> but like, yeah, like that was just like the end of the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like that's kind of how I started writing myself. So you were you were a little kid, and you got to you got to actually see him in the studio, and it kind of like blew your mind just seeing somebody actually like put it together, like what it what it actually looked like in person. Yeah, it was just like it was just a weird situation. Well, I mean, I knew that like they, they rapped, and then they actually took me to the studio, and like I got to hear and see the process that connected me to the music. And then I ended up hearing the song on the radio like later because like, you know, they called and, you know, whatever called in and all that stuff. And it just blew my mind that that was like, just seeing that process blew my mind and made me realize that it was like a reachable goal, <laughs> you know? But yeah. So when, when was the first time that, uh, that you guys actually performed in front of people? How old were you? I, was I had just turned 16 um I'm the youngest of the band I just turned 24 a few days ago and so I, I was 16 is eight years ago in 2012 play a place called Foo Bar here in St. Louis uh we were actually yeah. opening for like a national act but it was like a big national act but there's like maybe like it was mainly my family so there was like 20 or 30 people there like my parents and like a couple friends and whatever but that was my first taste at it I, I don't know about Antonio Right. I don't. How old was I? I guess I was like, it was in 2010 over at Pops. And uh, me and Dub Flow performed like rapped together. Um, and we sold like, it was our first show ever. We sold like 86 tickets or something like that. Jesus. Um, I know. And I remember like going into Pops and like when I told, when we told them how many tickets we sold, they're like, are you serious? You're like, yeah, we just handed them like a, the big stack of like dirty ones and fives and tens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we were like hustling and we got a really like decent crowd. Like, few of our friends were crowd surfing and stuff. And like, I, I have like a little bit of video, a little bit of video. It was terrible. It was a terrible performance. <laughs> like, but so you know what I'm saying? You're, your friends are just happy to see that you're on stage. And you know what I mean? Like, so I was probably like 20, 21 ish. I don't know. How old I was in 2010. Math. <laughs> I'm 30, 31 now. But yeah, man, we, we went, we got super hyped that day. And yeah, it was a bad performance, but we still got down. <laughs> What's what's that energy like the first time that you take the stage like that? I mean, just you know, like you said, being a little kid, being in being into music, seeing your uncle do it, um, and even Zach for you, like playing the drums. I mean, what you know, the first time you actually get on stage and go in front of people. I mean, how quickly? Because because you hear people say like even even athletes and stuff before games, like you, you know, guys say like, oh, I'm not nervous, but but then you have the group that says, oh, well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be human if you weren't a little nerved up. Like at what point? What's that energy yeah, like for sure. you guys? Do you get nervous, or is there a point where where that energy just just twists and, and and goes away? That that first show that I did was pretty nerve wracking, and then after that, it was like I didn't feel much nerves after that because we were still playing pretty small shows. And I feel like after you play one small show, it's like, all right, just another small show. But then like, start playing bigger venues and like. Cause I played in like three or four bands over my years and you like slowly start to upgrade your shows. And like, as the shows get bigger, you're like, all right, a couple more people out there, you know, that are, you know, you're watching me and then you just slowly keep going and then you get to play in like sold out places. And then it gets like, 
I don't know. Like, sometimes I get nervous and sometimes I don't. And it could be, like, I'm nervous to, like, a like, crowd of 20, but then not nervous to a crowd of 2,000. So, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It, it, I think it just varies on, like, how my day is gone. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I mean, I definitely get that because I, smaller crowds are harder to please. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's you really got to pull them in and get them involved. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the large, the crazy, ridiculous crowds, they're just hyped off the fact that there's a bunch of people there. Yeah, and it's just like, sure. all you got to do is like yell something. And then everybody's, it's just like the, what was it back in the day? Like in school, pep rallies. Like yeah. You just put a little bit of inflection on the last thing you say. It's like, who's ready for the game? And it was, ah! <laughs> it's just like it doesn't matter what you say, just put some inflection on that last word and they're gonna flip out. But um exactly. But yeah, that my very first show I remember being nervous and then turning around and looking at dub flow and dub flow was looked like a ghost. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never seen like and he's not that type of person. He's like, I don't know, he's just very um like, he can make friends with anybody, like, complete strangers all the time. He's like, he just doesn't seem like the type of person that would get nervous ever. He's so when like, I saw that, stage, by the way. yeah, yeah, so. yeah, when I saw that, he, he's in a band, too, uh, called Egan's Rats. But um, I seen, when I saw him nervous, it made me feel better. Like, I was like, okay. I was like, don't worry about it, man, we got this, you know, because I was nervous before I saw that he was, but. Still, like, to this day, I get nervous before every single show. But as soon as the music starts, it, like, that all goes away. Yeah. yeah. Like, like almost immediately. Like, um, but, like, yeah, like he said, like, the biggest shows, I'm not as, when the crowd is huge, I'm nowhere near as nervous as I am when it's a very small crowd. Um, unless I'm not, like, unless I don't feel prepared. Because I have had, like, <laughs> when we did this show, what was it, Wisconsin or Rock? Uh, yeah, we opened up for Disturbed and Killswitch Engage and Mastodon and a bunch of huge bands. Oh my god! I was, I was ridiculously nervous for that show because we were performing like three or three new songs that we never performed before. <laughs> well, yeah, we got told like very shortly before we had to play that we had to play for an hour and we were prepared for thirty minutes, so we had to add <laughs> songs that we don't normally play. Like right. pretty last minute, so we're like, "Oh shit!" Like, this like you guys just start doing like know. improv comedy, like, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know the words to the songs, and I literally, I'm like, I was running around begging people for a sharpie for like an hour before the set, and I finally found one, and I just like wrote lyrics on my arm. <laughs> like, oh. I just yeah, need like the pretty. first, the first word of each verse, like to, <laughs> to get me going. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was definitely how, how did so how did that end up going? Did it did it go did it go well? Were you guys yeah, able to pull, pull it off? That's totally one of my like favorite like show success stories because so to start it off, we pull up to the venue and the whole crew starts running and we're like, what is going on? And there's a tornado siren going on. Oh my! And gosh. it's like yes, there's a tornado coming towards the festival. It starts pouring down rain. And we get told that our set is canceled. And we're like, well, damn, that sucks. So we go back to our guitarist. He running an Airbnb. We stayed there just like playing cards and stuff. And we get an email that says, hey, get back out here. You guys are back on. And we're like, oh, okay. So then we, we bust ass out there. 
and it's so muddy. It's <laughs> yeah, so it's muddy. Mu- just... And we were like, man, this might suck. Like, no one's going <laughs> to come up and watch us because I think we were playing during Mastodon, which was co-headlining of Disturbed. <clears throat> me, so. And Nonpoint, too. Yeah, and Nonpoint oh, wow. on the side stage. So we were like, man, you know, this is going to be bad. And we start off when we look out. And we're like, there, there's like 20 people here. And we're like, damn, this is going to suck. We start playing and literally probably like two or three songs in, like people pile in. Yeah. We're playing to like four or 500 people, like totally on a last minute show, basically. So it was sick. Yeah, that was crazy. Like it just, it went over. It's probably my favorite out of town show we've done. Might be. Definitely my top but, three. Yeah. Like, and we got was... to watch uh, Disturbed. We're like. Straight after we got off stage, so that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. That that's awesome. I mean, just just being like a like a fan of music and and, and having the privilege to to you know do interviews like this and and write about it, man. Like, I always tell my buddies, you know, I've I've got like a core group of friends that uh, you know will you know we we live in different places now. I you know like I said, I grew up in Ohio and I moved uh, uh, to Nashville about five years ago, so we don't get to see each other as much, but. Um, you know, we've we've gone and seen like Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God, and 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 I always love to get to the show early. I love to see me too the bands that are coming up. Like I saw um, Nothing More open for Seven Dust back in 2013, and I think it was kind of Clint Lowry who helped put them on. And so sure. I love it when I see the bands that that um, you know aren't the headliners, but but have the opportunity yeah. to win over a crowd like that and, and and get the crowd to respond like that. Like that's to me that's uh, it takes a lot of a lot of cojones, you know what I mean, to get up there sure. and to, to be able to win people over, man. So that's that's so yeah. awesome to hear that people started flooding the stage like that. That's a, that's cool. Yeah, we were really nervous because like the, that whole weekend was so stacked. It had like you know like so for our day was disturbed and all of them, but then the day before was like Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie and Marilyn Manson, and the day before that was Breaking Benjamin and Five Finger Death Punch. So we're like. You know, we're not shit compared to like 80% of these bands. So like, what can we expect? And we weren't expecting much and ended up being pleased. So it was sick. That's awesome. Well, to, to take it back a little bit, you know, being being from the St. Louis area, I mean, uh, you know, what's what's the music scene like there? And and how did um, you know how did how did the band come together? How did how did discrepancies come together? Um, that's an Antonio question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let you answer the 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 music scene one. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. You go. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the scene in St. Louis is like pretty metal based. Um, it's like with us being a rap rock band, it's kind of like you know people either love us or hate us, and and that's just how it is. And yeah. Um, I actually started off playing in metal bands and my other band I play in, which I quit to join discrepancies, but I still play with them every now and again, uh, called broken youth. Uh, I played with them for a couple years and I was in another band before that. And it's like, like all metal core stuff, you know? So that's pretty much the dominant scene. He probably knows more like the rap side of it, but like, I would say definitely on the band end, it's a lot more metal based, which is why I feel like it's, a lot harder for discrepancies to break through that. And I'm glad we're finally like you're getting through. Yeah. I mean, on the hip hop side, there isn't really much 
going on too much. I mean, there's a lot of amazing, talented uh, rappers here, but uh, I think the last one to really like break into like big superstardom is like this guy named Smino, who raps with like J Cole and stuff in their in their camp. But um, I mean, there's a lot of dope people. Like some of my favorite, like Dub, that I was talking about earlier, and this guy named Scrub, and like Retro Champ, his his homie. Like I mean, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of dope rappers here. But um, um, as far as us as a band, it was just me and Dub was like we're just rapping and doing shows, along with another rapper named Smiley Boy. We just kind of grouped up and did gigs together or whatever. But um. I ended up working with Garrett, the bass player, and um, he just came up to me one day. He had, they had, him and Addison were in a band that had just like broken up or whatever, and they were kind of working on a project and trying to put another band together. And uh, he came up to me and was like, "Have you ever thought about maybe you know doing something with you know, rock music or with a band?" And I was like, uh, "I mean, no, but I mean, we can try it. You know what I mean?" Um, I guess the whole reason why he even asked me is because I, I suckered him into buying one of my mixtapes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you know Gary, you know he is cheap. He does not, like, he does not play he around with his money. Yeah, yeah, at all. But uh, he was, like, on break, and I was, like, hassling him about buying one of my uh, mixtapes. And I was like, i tell you what. I'll, I'm going to play, like, a YouTube video of me rapping. If you like it, you can you buy the mixtape. If you're not digging it, just let me know you're not digging it. You know, we don't have to worry about it. And uh, like he comes up on the line after watching, and he's like, "Man, he's like, I was ready to not do any, like to not buy this mixtape, but now I really like want to hear it." And uh, yeah, he listened to it. He came back the next day, and we started talking about getting together and practicing, or just to kind of see, you know what I mean, what we could do. I uh, met with him and Addison. Um, they showed me a song called Get Hype. Uh, they just It was just an instrumental, and they sent it to me. I was like, yeah, this is dope. I took it home, wrote to it that night, sent it back the next day, and we were like, yeah, I think we got something. Like, I think we got something going here. Um, we had to find a bass player, because back then, Garrett was on drums. Because <clears throat> originally, Garrett and Addison were both on guitar, but uh, they needed a drummer, so Gary just switched over to drums, and Addison was on guitar. So we had to find a bassist. We found one. He was with us for the first for the EP, and then he left. Um, so we found a drummer and put Garrett on bass, <laughs> and um, and then that drummer stayed with us for like I guess an album, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and then we found Zach. And Zach replaced that drummer, and that's our current lineup right now. So, um, that's pretty the much. Because was uh, was was twenty fourteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that first, so that first meeting with with you and, and Garrett was was like probably what, like seven years ago, seven eight years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I did, I didn't think it's been that long already. I didn't mean to put you in a time warp just now. <laughs> no, dude, all the days are running together in quarantine, man. It's crazy. Like, it felt yeah. like uh, time slowed down for the longest time. And now it's like, oh, man, it's already September, you know? Yeah. I guess no, it was more like cool, six though. years I mean, ago. Because we cranked that EP out real quick. Yeah. So about six years. Six and a half. 
It, it get hype that blew up pretty quickly, right? I, I was reading that uh, when you guys put it out just through your site, it had like ten thousand downloads, yeah. like pretty pretty quickly, and then then things started to kind of kind of blow up after that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. I was actually really surprised too. That was because that was the first thing we ever did, our first time ever writing together, and it's still like one of our most popular songs. But yeah, um, d- definitely get hype got a lot of attention and still kind of does. We ended up re-recording it and putting it on the the album as well. Or is it? Yeah, yeah. We ended up re-recording and put it on the album. Yeah, and you mentioned in uh, in St. Louis having having the the different scenes. I mean, uh, you know, Toledo, where I grew up, obviously is not. It's like a mid sized city, and it's it's surrounded by a lot of bigger cities. Like Detroit is an hour north. You've got Cleveland's like two hours east, and Chicago's like four hours west. So. Um, a lot of times it's kind of like one of those markets where bands, it'll be like maybe an off day and they'll come and they'll, they'll headline. Like if they're on like a tour, maybe they'll come through and they'll play a show at, at Toledo, like in between dates or whatever. But, um, but the music scene, uh, there, at least it, within like the last decade was, was pretty vibrant, um, and had like a good local music scene. So in St. Louis, you know, Zach, you were talking about how it's kind of like, more metal based bands and, and being a rap rock group kind of being in in sort of uh like the middle of all that um is in terms of the camaraderie between bands did you guys feel like you kind of or like kind of were able to find your footing within it like is it um is there camaraderie or is it kind of like everybody's trying to be like the the best band in st louis because i think it kind of just depends on the scene at the time and the town you know because you hear yeah, stuff man. about like you know seattle back in the day and how like they would all go to each other's shows like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and, you know, Pearl Jam. Like they would all kind of support each other and lift each other up. I mean, what, what's it been like to kind of navigate that? Um, he can probably elaborate yeah. more on like the start of it, but like now I can say, you know, there's always going to be like people that don't like you, like no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you, know, you can right. be the best band in the world and someone's going to hate it. So, I mean, right. you know, uh, I'd say we made a lot of band friends that are great people that come out and hang out and are eager to play shows with us and we have a great time, you know, but then there's always those yeah. people that just aren't into it and that's fine. You know, they don't have to be. And, uh, you know, that's more the heavy metal kind of side that we don't really expect to really care for us too much. So, you know, they don't hurt our feelings much. We have our very close friends in the scene that we go and support and vice versa. So I think we're right that right now we're, I well respect it within our friend group, which is, you know, you know, that respect is also good. So I'm not sure how the band dealt with that at the beginning, but right now I think we're in a really good spot for sure as far as the friendliness goes. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like some I mean, I wanna say yeah, the beginning, the early days, we definitely got a lot of hate and it would get back to us. I think now, um, I think there's people who still talk. But it very rarely gets back to us now, I guess. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if it's because, like, people don't want to, like, ruin a chance to do a show with us or something. I don't know. But I do feel like, man, the the local scene here is, like, most of us really, like, dig each other. Like, we're all, like, buds. It's almost, I want to say it's probably, like, the same as it was in Seattle back in the day because, we did a show um, that was all locals, and we ended up like selling out Pops that one time. What's the cap at Pops? You know, Zach? I mean, the Ready Room or Pops? 
It was Pops with uh, when we did the show with Brooke Royal and. Um, oh, oh, well, that was when Steve was in the band. So that was you guys, Brooke Royal, Common Jones, right? Did Common Jones play there? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like just most of that show was like most of the people in the audience were like in bands. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it was like yeah, sure. uh, it was like maybe half fans and half band like band people. Like it, it just showed like how much everybody was like kind of in tune with each other back then. Like, right. well, I guess that's been a few years now. 1200, something like that. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's I thought it was cool with pops never sells out with all locals. No, so never. That, yeah. So that was just crazy to me. So Antonio being, being a rapper, was there, was there, um, was there a point uh, where, where you noticed pretty quickly in terms of the chemistry with, with Garrett and those guys that uh, that you guys were on to something? I mean, because listen to your music, and I'm not just saying this to, like, you know, pump you guys up or buddy your bread because you were kind enough to, to do the podcast, man. But uh, but there's definitely, like, a synergy uh, with you guys in, in terms of the, the mixing of the, the influences. You know, and again, being a guy, you know, we're basically the same age, you know, growing up, like I said, with Korn, Metallica, you know, and then P.O.D., you know, Lincoln Park Hybrid Theories, 20 years old this year. And I remember that when that came out when I was in junior high. I was just like, whoa, like, was there, did you notice kind of pretty quickly? Like, okay, let, let me try this out. You know, he liked what I did. I showed him, I showed him what I did on YouTube. But, but those, those first few jam sh- sessions, were, were you kind of aware? Like, okay, I think, I think we can do something with this. I think, I think we can make something out of this. Um, I want to say, like, well, the first one, when we did get hype, that definitely let me know that, like, we had something special. Um, But then, like, I was still a little bit iffy and on the fence, especially about Addison, because, like, originally, he didn't want a rapper in the band. And then I also, I wasn't sure about his vocal ability as a singer. You know what I mean? So, like, we were both still kind of like, I don't know. Um, But I think, so that's during the EP, but once we wrote our first song for The Awakening was Art of War. We wrote that right after we got done with the EP. And for me, that song like solidified it. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, we definitely got something uh, special. That's like one of my favorite songs. And I just think the the chemistry that we had on that song like kind of solidified it for me that we definitely had something like that was worth pursuing. And that video too, wasn't it? Uh, alternative press and uh, and metal injection and stuff featured it. I mean, it's it's that that was that was a, a video that kind of early on, right? Uh, with that yeah. album, kind of blew up for you guys. Yeah, definitely. We ended up shooting it like some of it on my high school football field. <laughs> well, yeah, that was dope. So, so getting to the point of, of writing the awakening and doing like a full length album and, and in Vogue records. I mean, how many how many years into, you know, being in the band? Obviously, the album came out in 2018, and I think you guys signed with In Vogue at the beginning of 2018, right? Like, at, at what point where, did the label interest kind of kind of start to come around for you guys in St. Louis? Um, we were kind of like I don't, we we had several like labels kind of reach out to us and nothing really ever sounded I don't know nothing really sounded like uh, it'd be too beneficial or kind of what we wanted we were actually going to just rock um, independently um, just because that just seemed like the move at the time but we ended up getting a call from En Vogue 
and um, they like heard us on Spotify or something. I think uh, one of the people that worked there, Priscilla, heard us on Spotify, and she um, showed you know the owner, and he liked it a lot. So we ended up we because every single time that any any label like showed interest, we never just like wrote it off. We always would hear him out. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, at least see what the deal is and what they would have to offer. And I remember when we went. We drove to uh, Ohio to go meet with them, and we and we just sat there and we like had this an amazing conversation. And it just it didn't feel like it didn't really feel like um, a record uh, signing type of situation. It just felt like a team that it felt like we were adding more people to the band, and, and like it just felt like we were going to work together and just for a common goal. Like it didn't really seem businessy to me at all. Everybody was like super chill, super down to earth and very transparent about a plan. And they just, we all like agreed that it just made sense for sure. Like, um, I don't know, man. It was just, it just seemed like a, a, a good idea, you know? Yeah, because it, it sounds like you guys from like a grassroots level really were able to build up in the St. Louis area. Um, and even in 2015, you guys played something I, I read like it was like 50 shows in 60 days or something, something crazy like that. So even even for a couple of years before that point, you guys were really, really grinding. And, you know, and, and in today's day and age, like I always wonder that, like you said, like, you know, there's a lot you can do kind of digitally. Um, not only from like a recording standpoint, but but with the the streaming services, but uh, getting to that point of like, do we get a label involved? Um, I, that's that's one thing I wanted to touch on because it's like, like you said, do you do you go okay? Do we keep we keep going the independent way and just kind of kind of wait until that that right offer comes around? But it, but it sounds like it's it's a, it's a matter of finding the team that really wants to support you guys and help take you to the next to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. And the owner is like in a band himself. You know what I mean? Like, so he, like, he gets it. It's from, I, I, I don't know. Something just irritates me about like the bigger labels that are just people that have never had anything to do with music whatsoever. They're just in it for the, like the money and the cash grab. But yeah, knowing yeah. that he was actually, you know, he's been through this himself and is makes music himself and it was in a band and it just, it, it makes you feel better about the situation. Yeah, and it's crazy the world we live in now too. Like I, I feel like uh, you know, on one end it's kind of like, well, numbers, numbers don't lie, but at the same time, everybody starts somewhere, right? So it's kind of yeah, hard yeah. to just go on Spotify and look at something and say, oh, this has ten thousand listens or this has a, a million listens. Like, you know, I, I always felt like music is, it's, it's a matter of whether or not it, it, it touches you or somebody sees something there. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily the numbers initially. You know. They mean something, right? You know, but the yeah. follows and the likes and stuff, I feel like we all kind of, in, in some ways, we need that, right? Like the socials, if it weren't for the socials, uh, you know, uh, we, we might not be having this conversation now. If it was 95, I, I probably would have had to maybe go see a show in St. Louis or have a buddy told me, hey, I, you know, I saw, you know, corn in St. Louis and there's this band that opened up for him and they were killer. So on one end, I feel like the social media is like, it's that ebb and flow of like, you know, you can't, you can't define the value of whatever it is that you do by just likes or streams but at the same time it's it's a way to kind of help quantify i would imagine with the music label and their in their interest you know but at this you know but did, did they actually be able to come out and check a show too did, did they get you a chance to see you guys in st louis before they before they picked you up 
Not before. No. No. My first show uh, with discrepancies was literally. I, I don't know if it was their first time, but it was definitely one of the first times that we played in front of the label, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, like I, I <laughs> down. You know, this is important. So. <laughs> Yeah, but that, I think that show went really well. We played at like 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, was that with Super Bob? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like 420 somewhere in Ohio in Cincinnati. That's where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> where do you guys remember you played in Cincy? Was it, was it, uh, is Bogarts still there in Cincinnati? Uh, it, it was outside of Cincinnati, like a, like a suburb. It was like 15, 20 minutes from there. Uh, I, I do not remember the name of the venue. I cannot remember the name of the venue, yeah. It was a short run with this band called Super Bob. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember that venue at all. Uh, it was in Harrison, Ohio. Uh, I think it was called the Blue Note, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> don't quote me on that. But yeah. It was cool. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought the awakening turned out great, man. Like, uh, you know, tracks that that really stuck out to me, raising the bar, you know, not alone, um, which which I think uh, when I, you know, speaking of numbers, when I looked on Spotify, that that one on YouTube as well, you know, has like almost three million views or something on the video. Wake up, keep hope alive. And and what I liked about the record was that I, I felt like it had a really good ebb and flow to it. You know, you, you had songs that were more of a party vibe, but you also had like uplifting songs, you know, a song like Not Alone as as somebody who has dealt with anxiety and still deals with it in my life and panic attacks and stuff. I kind of felt like that song probably really pulled at the heartstrings of a lot of people. Um and wake up. I, I feel like, sadly, you know, um, in a, in a way, Antonio, that song was almost kind of like prophetic with some of the stuff that, unfortunately, our country's going through right now. I felt like when I listened to that one, it was like, wow, you know, this this came out in twenty eighteen, yeah. you know. So absolutely, um, and I wrote it years before that. I like that. That's it's crazy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I think I wrote that back when I was just doing the rap thing before I even joined the band. Oh, but wow. uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so, you know, I guess just to kind of touch on that, you know, you guys being a band during quarantine, uh, obviously this it's it's turned the world on on its on its side, man. And then on top of that, to see the kind of racial tension, I mean, just as a, you know, a guy in his early 30s, I mean, this this is the worst I've seen it in, in my lifetime, just from, you know, you look at the now all the, the, the climate stuff that's going on and then California is on fire and the Pacific yeah. Northwest, like. In terms of the headspace and, and being a band, um, you guys have obviously put out, you know, a few singles this year uh, to get ready for the next album. But um, what's it been like just to kind of deal with the break and playing live shows and just 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 mentally as people and, and everything that that we're seeing going on in the world? I mean, how are you guys kind of dealing with it and sort of sticking together and trying to get through it? Here we go, Zach. Um, Sorry, I know that's kind of a loaded question. I'm not trying to. (laughs) We're like really like all four of us are just really positive people that try to find something positive in any negative. So we try to like, you know, it's hard to explain. We just try to not let that stuff get to us and try to keep doing what we do and spread that positivity to others whenever. Obviously, a lot of people need it right now. I think it's really important for us to share some of our positive vibe with people. And I think we're really good at that. 
whether it's through music or just like you know changing like a chat and they're hanging out with people you know we're all just really like welcome them and try to you know just keep the positive vibes up amongst the people we surround ourselves with basically so that'll be my yeah. last answer for that yeah like in yeah that and along with the whole dealing with quarantine is just like i, I personally have just been writing but yeah it is definitely a bummer not being able to do shows right now like for sure i think last year we uh did probably i don't know how many shows we did last year but it just seemed like a lot and it made me super excited about getting on the road this year because um we finally had a new album like we got a new album so the plan was to really hit the road and just go hard this year with uh shows and getting able to perform this new material in front of everybody and Corona just kind of put that all on hold. You know, it was just kind of definitely a bummer for sure. Um, as far as like the state of the, the world right now, it's just, it's kind of weird to me because I don't necessarily think it's worse than it's, than it's ever been. I like grew up in the inner city. So like I've seen and heard and like know from family and everybody like that, what goes on with the cops and everything and dealt with it myself, like my whole life. But the difference like now is like, everybody has a phone, has a camera in their pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like now it gets recorded and people get, now that people have access to see these things, it's people are outraged and they're mad about it. So like, I feel like now definitely there's more protests and more looting and stuff. Than when I was younger, when I lived in the city and I saw the type of stuff happen every day, you know what I mean? It just, it was just, we were upset about it, but there wasn't really too much you could do. And even now, like some people, like they'll see the video and they'll just be like, ah, oh, well, what, you know what I mean? Maybe this is out of context, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and I get that as well, but um, definitely like, um, I just think that's what it is now, man. Now that, now that everybody has a camera in their pocket and people are finally seeing exactly what's been going on forever you know what i mean it's, it's people are kind of starting to wake up and realize it's you know what i mean it's not okay um but yeah unfortunately i mean you're, you're a dad too right i mean is it is it something that that even hits you as a parent and and you you kind of like you said i mean growing up having seen it um and I, and I appreciate that perspective too, man. You know, um, you know, my, my parents taught me to, uh, to treat everybody the way that I want to be treated. I still live by that regardless of where they come from or what they look like. And, you know, I, I grew up middle-class and, and have grown up around a, a bunch of different people and in my high school was, was pretty diverse. So, um, but then, but then, like you said, you, you know, you still, you'll see comments on social media and, something horrible happens and and you know people people try to find reasons to either justify it or and you're like yo this is this is just messed up so i mean just you know being being a, a father yourself um you know is yep. that something that uh that even hits you in, in a different way just as, as a dad and in, in a musician and, and kind of the things uh with the next generation uh definitely it definitely hits different the, the thing that's kind of like that bothers me a little bit is like, so I dealt with it and I seen it. And so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm numb to it, but I just know the reality. My son, yeah. on the other hand, he is, 
he has no idea. You know what I'm saying? He, I mean, he knows from what I've told him and from, you know what I mean? He, he's not blind to, you know, everything, but he's never had to deal with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, other than like little, little incidents in school and stuff like that. But it's like, I'm afraid that it's going to happen to him one day. And I just want to make sure that he's mentally like ready for, you know what I mean? Like not mentally ready, but like, I guess prepared. I don't want him to be thrown too far off guard, but also I don't want him to think that it's okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a conversation, unfortunately that you have to have as a, as a black family or, you know what I mean? As a black dad that, you know what I mean? Other people don't really have to have that conversation. So like, that's why I think some people get like, uh, like when they hear the word privilege, they get, all tied up about it. It's like, no, it doesn't mean that your life was better or, you know what I mean? It just means that your skin color wasn't a factor in it being any worse. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have to sit down and explain to your kid why the cop treated him this way or why this was that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not something that you have to have to really say. Like, I have to make sure Uh, We make sure we don't want him to be afraid of police officers or anything like that. So like when we see like um, it's important to us that he knows that they're here to help and that's their job. You know what I mean? And so we don't want there to be fear, but we want him to be intelligent enough to cooperate accordingly and to make sure that he's following the law to the best of his ability and to know his rights, you know? Um, so it's just kind of like a, it's like a double-edged sword. You have to, you don't tell him too much of the, I'm not trying to tell him too much of the bad stuff. Cause I don't want him to be like freaking out and getting jittery. And then, cause like, that's a sign to cops and they're like, well, you're sweating. You know what I mean? You're moving around a lot. You know what I mean? Like it gets them scared. So you just, you just have to be careful. Man. It's, it's such a, it's such a tough thing, but you know what I mean? I think he's super smart. And he gets it. He's he doesn't he loves everybody. He especially he just I don't know. He's he's a, like a science. He's nothing like me at all. Like I'm all music and hip hop and cussing and all that. He is strictly science. Fortnite. Very well spoken. <laughs> very very well spoken. Like hi guys. <laughs> like, like yeah man. He, I don't. He doesn't even. I don't. I caught him listening to our music a little bit, but yeah, we don't like the same music or nothing. Like, <laughs> like at all. He's very, uh, I don't even think he's really into music yet, but I'll be excited when he does get into it. Well, and, and I really appreciate that, that perspective, Antonio, because even though, even though this isn't a, a political show to me, it's not, it's not even a political issue, man. It's, it's a human issue. It's just, yeah. it's just a love and respect issue. And, um, you know, uh, even though like metal and 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 hard rock and stuff is like the stuff that speaks to me the most, I'm also into like old school hip hop and stuff. And 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 again, you know, the the, the time that I grew up in, that the height of quote unquote new metal, you know, I thought that that was really cool with the genre blending. Like I still, when I see you know the the POD video for for Southtown, that still gives me like chills. You know, because yeah. I, I remember when that came out when I was in like fifth sixth grade back when MTV used to play music videos and like just 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 seeing like how how crazy and how hyped that video was. And I think that's what's cool about 
you know, your guys' you know, band is, you know, you guys have been able to, to build a really large audience. And I just think that it's proof to people like, hey, this is this is what's beautiful about when people come together. You can have somebody that comes from a totally different perspective of a totally different upbringing, music, everything, culture. But when you put it together, it's something really special, you know. So, I mean, not to get too deep and philosophical, but um, I really appreciate that perspective. And you can hear it in the music from your lyrics and the, and the way it's combined with, with the, the metal and the hard rock elements. Like, to me, it exemplifies, like, hey, on the other side of all this craziness, this is what's possible when we listen to each other. This is yeah. what's possible when we when we extend our hand to somebody else and forget about what we look like or where we came from, you know. And and music is one of those unifying forces I feel like and an outlet that helps yeah. do that. So uh, I, I really appreciate that perspective, man. Yeah, thank you. And 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 just to kind of transition it to the music and, and talking about that, man. Like, um, you know, again, yeah. we we talked about wake up and. Uh, you know, keep hope alive, raising the bar, all these songs. I mean, what's the feedback been like from the fan base, especially after that came out? What was it like just just putting that putting that record together and putting it out through in vogue? Um, I mean, I think we've got that was probably like our biggest like moment. Like the EP when we released that, it was like, okay, we were doing like some our shows were getting a little bit bigger and people were kind of starting to take us seriously, but I think once we released the full length album is when people really started to take notice. I mean, and then that's when we ended up getting signed and everything. Um, and it was then when I realized like people were actually, I guess we wrote a few, so like uh, raising the bar specifically, that was like one of the first ones I noticed where people were singing back, like the crowd knew every word. And yeah, like, that yeah. was like mind blowing to me, like uh, performing that up at pops and stuff. And like, uh, I don't know, I guess it's just more of a, just kind of a chanty chorus too, that we are who we are, just like hearing a sea of people like like seeing that, it was just like life changing for me. It was crazy. So I think people really, really dug the awakening. So I'm excited to see how they react to the to the new album as well. And Zach, what, what's it been like for you too, man, to, to come into the fold with all of it and and uh, and, and be part of this uh, part of this journey and, and and be able to be back there on the kit and play these songs, man? It's been really cool because I actually came into this band not having met any of them. So my like whenever I came to the first practice was at their drummer's house at the time, Steve's. I it was my first time meeting every single guy in the band. So like. You know, kind of nervous, like kind of like, oh, I hope I do my shit right, and I also kind of hope <laughs> that they don't think I'm like an idiot or something. But uh, yeah, I ended up working out really well, and then whenever they asked me to join, I uh, said yes pretty immediately, and then they're like, "All right, well, we're doing a cover of a Frozen song." So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "All right, cool," and we did that, and uh. uh the studio time with that went really well, and then we went in to record the album, and I think that we all just put in really hard work to it, and I, uh, the album coming out, I mean, and uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked on it. I'd say, which I was stoked on it from playing shows with them, because I played several weekend runs with them before I actually got asked to join, and uh, we did like warp Tour and stuff, and, you know, it became really good friends with everyone, and I I was pretty stoked on it from there. So, uh, yeah, and I'd say it just gets more exciting every day, in my opinion. So, 
Yeah, and I saw you guys work with the um, on some of the new stuff because to this point in 2020, you've released was it like four or five singles? Uh, Blame me, light up the dark, which I, I you know I think in the times were and that that was uh, you know a great yeah. one. <coughs> Undertow, control. I mean, and the music videos have been awesome too. It's 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 really cool to see a band you know putting out the the creative effort and that even even just the storylines and the music videos is, has been cool. So for people who are listening to this who haven't checked it out, check it out. But uh. But obviously Joey Sturgis, Tyler Smith is is another Ohio guy. Um, you yeah. know those those guys and their their production skills. I mean, uh, what what can what can you guys uh, tell people about the about the new music and and because um, because this next one is Crawling Back, right? Which will be by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be out. But that's September twenty fifth, and that's like the last single before the the record, right? Yeah. Yep. And that song is our pride and joy, I think. I think that's all of our favorite from the new album. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of an emotional song. It's going to make people cry, make people replay it over and over again. It, it's it's so catchy. Like, my girlfriend's only heard it a few times, and I catch her singing it throughout the house, like, almost daily. So I'm pretty stoked to release it. I think a lot of people are going to like it. And the video is, like, to me, like watching a movie. So, uh, I, I think we're all really excited to drop that song for sure. Yeah, it, it, definitely. It's a cool one. Definitely. Super excited. But yeah, that's definitely, hands down, my favorite. Probably Control will probably be my second favorite. I remember, I think, was it me and you? Me and Zach had like a, a little uh, wager on Undertow versus Control. Yeah, we did. Uh, as to which one was going to do better. And like, I'm pretty sure yeah, I won. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're both about equal. I no, man. might be doing better, man. You go on Spotify right now. I think <laughs> Control is number two. I'll check it after this. I ain't that way. Yeah, yeah. Not all right. Everybody, <laughs> go right now, man. I'm telling you. Uh, not Alone is number one. And uh, Control is number two. All right, so it really depends on where it went well on because Control did not have any radio placement. But Undertow did a lot of Undertow per- radio placement. So, okay. so, I mean, <laughs> Spotify radio. Did we push? I mean, we didn't push Control to radio, did we? We didn't, but no one wanted to pick it up either. So. Man, shut Remember up, man. Because someone told us it was too hood. Oh, yeah. It was on radio. Can we not really? say who that was? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I don't... radio station. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. That's probably smart. But yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, it was apparently... Oh, they said it was too street. It was, right, yeah, was street hood, yeah. Street yeah, hood, uh, whatever. <laughs> our manager ha- had a meeting with them, and which is what he told us is that he played the song at the round table, like how you would picture on like a movie or something, and it got over, and the guy goes, two street, next. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It, it's crazy to me how how um, you know how radio uh, you know terrestrial radio still 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 seems to have that kind of kind of influence. It's like let let the people decide, man. You know, which which right, I always right. loved. Like back home, you know, we, we had eighty nine X in Detroit and one hundred one the Riff, uh, which which is kind of like an iconic station up there in Detroit. And then in Toledo, we had one hundred four seven. Um, and 106.5 back in the day, the buzz was like, would play the more kind of alternative stuff, but, but they would do like, you know, I think 89X still does that where, um, you know, they'll try to, they'll try to put on some like local flavor or regional flavor. So, 
But to say two street or two hood, it's like who gets to decide that, man? Like who who, who right. gets to decide what the pulse of the people is? That's 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 yeah. odd to me. The gatekeepers, yeah, yeah. So the vibe of this album, I mean, building off of the success mm. of of the awakening, um, is this one that ties in kind of kind of multiple themes the way the way that first full length did in terms of just you know whether it's emotional relationship. Um, cause there were obviously threads like that on, on the first record. Yeah. Uh, I think like, you know, it's on the drum room, not the lyricist here, but like the, <laughs> like, uh, crawling backs a very like emotional, like coming to terms with a bad relationship song. And then like, you know, we have a undertow, which is a really like pump up, like arena type sports song, which is why we had the hockey video. And then. You know, and the controls kind of like just like the. It's almost like, like the, the get homie. hype, right? It's almost yeah, like, it's like the, the homie kind of like hangout song, and and then we got songs we haven't released. Well, you know, there was uh, "Light Up the Dark," which almost had like a I don't want to say political vibe, but you know, in the the times, and uh, yeah, and then there's other songs that are kind of just like you know whatever came to mind. So it's it's really all over the place. We have the hype songs, the sad songs, the the heavy songs it, it's totally everything so yeah we got one that's gonna be really bar heavy it's it was me and dub flow i can't straight, wait for that one straight rap bars like straight yeah through the instrumental is the same but it's just them going off so it, it's pretty cool that's awesome and was it was it joey and tyler did, did, did they just work on you with like a, a couple of songs or like uh, in terms of where you guys recorded this and like put all this together who, who'd you guys work with to, to to put this bad boy out i'll let antonio well first off i'll say joey and tyler mix and masters so we actually never met with them okay uh, we just sent them what we had from recording and they made it sound better uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let Antonio elaborate on the actual production process. Yeah, our uh, the producer we worked with was Matt Amalong, and um, he actually ended up passing away. Like, oh man, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, nearing the like the end of that uh, us like recording. Yeah, the end of production, and it's crazy. Like the last time I seen him was uh, well, not last time I seen him, but like. The last time we were in studio, we, me and Dub Flow recorded that bar heavy song and we just, I don't know, man, it, we had a really good, really good time in there. So like, I'm really glad that we had those memories and stuff. We went in there with some Red Bulls and we just freaking like went crazy. And just, like, like anything, what you know about Matt Ambalong is like, you're not going to just, it's not going to be all work. We're going to go on about 35 different tangents and yep. like, well, you know, just quoting goofy stuff from movies and stuff the whole time. I'm in the studio, like I'm in the booth impersonating DMX and just like <laughs> he he's like taking like all my outtakes and turning them into like songs on the side and stuff. And <laughs> like it, one thing that he did that really like cracked me up is like, uh, well, Anytime I'm goofing around in there and I'm doing impersonations or messing up, he'll take the most hilarious ones 
and then like put those in the mix for us to like as surprises for later. So it's like, <laughs> all right, uh, did you mix down, you know, Undertow yet? And he's like, yeah, here, uh, I'll send it tonight. And like, he'll send it and it'll like, right before it comes in, it'll be me saying something stupid, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, yeah. then, then it'll like kick in, like, or he'll like put like little stuff and drops and stuff from me, just from me messing up and flubbing up words and stuff. It was just like little gifts. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that was definitely um, definitely heartbreaking to lose him, you know, during the process, man. But um, he definitely put his all into it and everything, and he was super proud and excited about about this project. And I'm just like honored that he gave us his time and put his all into it. You know, the just the yeah, last he was totally it, dedicated, like ten thousand percent. Yeah. So do you guys have a um do you have a timetable on on when you want to put it out or is it just kind of with all the craziness right now was it kind of like what you, what you said it's like okay the the plan got kind of got turned upside down so we'll give people kind of snippets with with the singles and, and give them give them a taste of what's to come and, and then cuz the last thing I saw was what like fall potentially for for the record yeah. or, or still kind of up in the air or what or what can you say I should say this podcast comes out twenty fifth. You said, yeah. Day after Undertale. it'll be the twenty to twenty sixth, Saturday twenty sixth. Yeah, right. So the day after Control or two days after. Well, then we're good. It comes out late October. So. Oh, awesome! Okay. Yeah, whenever uh, Crawling Back drops, we announce we announce and everything. So go get your pre orders if you're listening. But yeah. I can't right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. A lot of yeah, a lot of stuff happened during the process. Like I like I said, like our producer was sick and ended up passing away from cancer. But like, and that was like another one of the roadblocks, you know what I mean, that we had. Um, and then Corona and then everything else. So it's like, um, we're we're really the excited. Album come out last year. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's been such a process. Yeah. So I mean, we kind of had to stretch things out. You know what I mean? Release the singles. We're getting good responses from it. And it's, um, I think it was a good, like, kind of a good idea. It sucks that we weren't, we're not able to perform these songs yet, but soon, you know, and by, and by the time we get out there and get to performing them, people already know them. So that's a plus, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. A habit of like things going wrong and then from it going wrong, we like capitalize tenfold on it. So that's kind of like what we're hoping for this because that's like literally the story of this band is like totally capitalizing on something negative that happened. So we're pretty excited for this next album for sure. We're pretty eager to see where it's going for sure. Yeah, man, I, I hope it'll be a, a kind of a, a positive way to, to wrap up what's just been a crazy, crazy year, man. And again, I'm sorry to hear about his passing, but... Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's again, it's cool. It's cool to see you guys with the kind of chemistry that you have and the, and the kind of music that you're putting out. You know, obviously, it's reaching a lot of people. It's touching a lot of people. And, and the fact that you guys put in the work that you've put in over the years, even to get to this point and still be fighting to this point is, is cool. Um, before I wrap it up, man, because we're, we're, we're right about that time. We're a little over an hour. And thanks again so much, Zach and, and Antonio, for for taking the time to do the podcast, dudes. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, just just to kind of hit on a couple of a couple of quick, I guess sort of fun offbeat questions real quick. I mean, you guys have played with 
a lot of different bands over the years. You mentioned that show up in Wisconsin with all those bands. Uh, we mentioned the Aftermath and POD, you know, Memphis Mayfire, Seven Dust. Uh, you know, has there has there been anything either just from just from being on the same bill or, or actually kind of like like advice or things you've taken away from from some of those some of those bands or or, or moments that uh, that you hold near to you? Like, OK, you know, that's that's something that, uh, you know, I want to take in, in terms of in terms of this band, whether it was just advice or kind words or professionalism from from all the shows that you've played. Um, for me personally, something that sticks with me is we played with Seven Dust last year and ended up becoming really good friends with those guys. And I was hanging out with Morgan and he told me never to take anything too seriously. And I think that's like such a big thing because sometimes you can get so pressed about something that's so stupid. And then like, it's like, man, like I'm just done, you know, but then you're like, is it really worth like that being mad over? Like I'm playing, you know, with seven dust in Chicago to 1500 people. Like, so what's my problem? Like what, like there's people that would kill to have what I do. Like, so what, so why do I take it so seriously basically? And like anytime I get like upset about something that goes wrong or something, I just think like, man, it, it could be so much worse. Like I could be having like my regular nine to five year round and never get to do this stuff. So I think that's something big for me. Yeah, definitely. And to stay, you know, humble. But I mean, <clears throat> I'm always I'm real big on um people not getting like too big headed on uh like thinking that you know what I'm saying their their shit don't stink <laughs> like if yeah. they're so to me like the fact that like seven dust was so down to earth and like hung out with us and stuff that that just like clarifies it for me that like those celebrities that are like that, like you don't need to be like that. There's no, there's no, there's no reason. Especially since a lot of like the pop stars aren't even that talented. Yeah, I said it. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like the same thing. Like we, uh, we ended up hanging. We had opened up for POD, um, and we got to hang out with them for a while on their tour bus. Super down to earth dudes. They're giving us advice and stuff, and just talking to us. Like you know, what I'm saying like regular people. Like I just think that that's that's just how it should be. You know, um, I don't I don't get the whole uh, I don't know. I don't get the whole people acting to oh, so celebrity and stuff like that, which I mean, luckily, I haven't really I don't think I've run into that yet. Like not in this scene, I guess I could. That might be more of a pop and uh, rap thing, maybe than a uh, rock, I want to say, because you, you know, like when our shows are over, no matter what. If we're playing 10 people or you know two or three thousand people we still go out and make sure we like connect with the people that we just played to and yeah man I, I, I like i personally have a couple kids like this send me like drum emails you know that are in like middle school that ask me questions and stuff and i'm never like oh this kid again or something you know it's just yeah, so yeah. easy to make someone's day and just exactly advice, like, i know you're thinking of them so that you appreciate them you know it, it's so easy to do I think that's probably one of the most important things about doing this. When I see little kids in the audience and they're getting down and they really, I can tell that they're really into the music, I bring them on stage. Like, I'm like, all right, so when Get Hype comes on, you're coming, like, I'll tell them to come up on stage and I'll let them, like, we'll all jump up and down up there, man. Like, I can tell that, like, it really, like, brightens their day and they'll probably have that memory forever, you know? 
Um, you just don't know what people are going through, man. And like just that little small moment could literally change someone's life and you never know. So why not do it? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. So easy. I used to get out in the mosh pits and like try to mosh and ramp at the same time until I, until I chipped my tooth. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably, yeah, probably done with that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, like, hey, hey, the, the birth of the wall for, for me was, uh, I saw, um, death punch open for disturbed in 2008 at, at Bogarts and Cincy. And it was so hot in there, man. It was probably like 90 degrees. It had rained, the bathroom was like in the basement and there was like standing water on the floor. You're like, is this water? Is this pee? I don't know. I got to get in and get out of here. But we, man, as soon as Disturbed went on, everybody pushed up front and slay. I mean, it was a death bunch to open for them at that crowd at that time. It was, it was insane. Uh, Cause I think the bleeding was on the radio and it was the way of the fist. It was that first album cycle for them. And I think right. art of dying played before mm. them. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah, the birth that... of earplugs and find a wall for me. If I couldn't find yeah. a seat, uh, I, I, I got <laughs> over the being in the middle of the pit <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah. early on in my concert going career. Uh, it, I'd say it definitely has to be a really like a just totally huge band that I love for me to be in the crowd anymore. Like Slipknot, I'll be up there. Backstreet Boys, you know, I'll be up there. <laughs> then besides that. I don't know if you're gonna get too much uh <laughs> too much fighting the <laughs> the yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. I open I'll up fight some moms if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> like little girls and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I want front row. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, well. Before we wrap it up, uh, it, you know, going through the quarantine, it, you know, we, we mentioned sort, of, you know, obviously the the number of low lights, but but I, I think uh, some of the the positives, uh, just just for me, it's been cool to see the collaborations that that musicians have done. It's been cool to see uh, the, the the you guys mentioned the interactions with the fans. Um, it's it, it's been really crazy for me just to even see from a production standpoint the way that uh, people from different parts of the country will come together and play like a collab or a cover. Uh, has been cool, but uh, you know, for you guys outside of music as an outlet, um, you know, Zach, I, you know, doing a little research for this bad boy, so, you know, and, and even the hats you got on right now, and some of the the House of a Thousand Corpses. I know you're a horror guy. Like, yeah. is there um, any shows or any movies or anything that you guys have been have have been kind of you know watching or passing the time that you want to throw out there to, to people that maybe are are a little off the radar that 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 you want to recommend to them. No new movies since, uh, you know, this stuff's all been going on. A lot of new movies are put on hold right now, or else I'd probably be recommending, like, the new Halloween and so on and so forth. But, uh, and and this is also nothing new, but I'm big on The Office. Me and the girlfriend, the second we have downtime, I get on Netflix and turn on The Office, and that's it. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm a giant horror movie fan. I mean, as you can see, and I got to... I just got this the other day, and oh, wow. I had a whole sleeve going, and I got this whole room's decked out with a, a whole bunch of different autographs from celebrities and stuff, and that's like my thing. That, that's my niche. So. That's I a made, new one. I my girlfriend watch Fright Night last weekend. Oh yeah. Okay. From the eighties. Yeah, I had I had to, I had to throw it old school. I love I love the old school stuff, and we watched. Um, I actually chickened out. I'm gonna admit it. I'm gonna admit it. I, I'm gonna admit it on on my, on my podcast. I did. I chickened out. 
the the first time I had the opportunity to watch Midsummer because the same guy who directed mm, that Hereditary. Uh, also did Hereditary. <laughs> mm-hmm. And dude, I watched Hereditary uh, literally like the day after Christmas. So usually the way it works, I'll go home for Christmas. And my parents will just be like passed out 10 minutes into a movie, just right. So I'll go home and watch. And my mom's like, Do you guys want to watch this? I heard it's I heard it's good. Uh, she doesn't sound like that, but that's just sort of my stock. That's my sort of stock white lady mom voice. Um, so she fell asleep. And dude, me, me and my stepdad are we're sitting on the couch, like Christmas tree lights. It was just such a weird. And and hereditary's playing, man. And that girl, I, you know, movie. spoiler, the girl's head gets knocked off. And, and yeah. it was just a slow burn. And we looked at each other at the end of that. And I'm thinking, man, I came home. It's like a day or two after Christmas. Uh, My mom recommended this. She passed out. And we're just left with this with this burn. Like, I, I can't get these things out of my head now. I just sat there for two hours and watched this craziness. The girl cr- crawling on the wall. Yeah, it was crazy, but so so, so midsummer I did watch, and that was absolutely insane. It's, it's an eighties movie. No, no, no. What's no, that? No. Oh, it's, it's uh, not an eighties no, so, movie. So Hereditary came out two years ago. And oh, it so scary. All right, I need to write that down. Yeah, you need to watch it. And I haven't seen Midsummer yet because, like, for those like very obscure, like I have to think about this kind of movies. I have to be like in a mood for it, uh, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to watch that sometime soon. I'm, yeah, I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm a really big like slasher fan. Like Scream, I got a Scream tattoo there, and then like uh, Michael Myers is my favorite, so I love Halloween, and uh, I'm really big into those. I like the ghost movies, like The Conjuring. Love the Conjuring series. So, yeah. What about you, Antonio? Um, as far as like what I'm watching right now, I, like I watched. Uh, the, what is it called? The Academy or like, oh my God, what is it? The Umbrella, um, Umbrella, Umbrella, Academy. Umbrella Academy. That's really good. Um, there's a movie on Netflix called The Old Guard, which is really good. Um, a new movie came out today that I'm actually going to rent here in a minute. It's like 20 bucks to rent movies now, man. It's crazy. But it's called Antebellum or Antebellum or something like that. It's a, that he made, it's the same guy who made um, Get Out and, um, and uh whatever oh, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 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 leading actress is Janelle Monet, like the uh so I'm actually excited to see what this is like. I mean, I kind of I don't want to give it away, but it looks like it's going to be good. It's like a nice little thriller. As um, far as shows also Dave was really good with uh, Lil Dicky, the rapper. Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show if you never seen it. It's on In Atlanta. Atlanta, man. I'm yeah. trying to tell everybody to watch it. Um, Childish Gambino or what's Donald Glover? Is, I guess his real yeah. name. It's probably one of the most talented people like out, like breathing. Like he successfully like what he wrote. He successfully like wrote for TV shows. He was on Community, and I think it's Always Sunny or something like that. Maybe he was on Star Wars too. Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And I mean, he did his own show, and then he's like successful rapper and neo soul artist, like. R&B music, <laughs> like right. that's that's crazy, and a stand-up comedian. He did stand-up comedy too. Yeah. Like he has yeah. stand-up specials on Netflix. Like, but yeah, his show Atlanta is crazy, crazy good. It's hilarious. I, I would I compare. Mean, I gotta see if I can try to stream it because I don't, I don't mm. have cable. But I've heard, I've heard really good things about Atlanta. 
and and I and I think he's hilarious too. I, I watched a video from him in college, uh, probably like 10, 15 years ago. That was hysterical. Uh, before he like blew up him and uh, Bobby Moynihan. You might still be able to find it on YouTube, but um, but yeah, Midsummer was tripped out, man. That uh, I won't give anything away if you guys haven't seen it, but. It's it's the only horror movie I've ever seen where it was pretty much shot like exclusively in the daytime, and it's just really unsettling. It's not like a, <laughs> it's just it's That's very well acted so, and just super yeah. unsettling, and it's all outside, which makes it like that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Zach, if you haven't seen, uh, I mean, you're a horror guy, so maybe you have, but The Descent mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't seen that Descent. One. Oh, wait, The wait, Descent wait. is great. I- yeah. All right, so I thought you said something else. I have seen that. It's an older, like, mid-2000s, right, or so. Is that when they have the caves? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. that. yeah that is good. The Descent is good, and also um, 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 The Canal. I don't I don't know. Have you guys seen The Canal? That one was messed up, too. I have not. I've seen that one. I feel bad. I, I'm not trying to make you guys not sleep. I mean, we're all grown men. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched The Canal by myself in my apartment, like, four years ago and uh i i didn't sleep well for a couple of days but the canal is another one that's kind of like a slow burn psychological weird you know it's kind of like a rob zombie movie like an hour after you watch it you're still thinking about it you know yeah, <laughs> yeah the the a recommendation that i will leave you with is in the first and second one are on netflix which was only two of them but sinister if you haven't seen sinister go on netflix and watch sinister one and two the first one is terrifying it's the one movie right now, except Hereditary, that makes me like very uneasy after I watch it. So definitely watch that. I have yet to find a scary movie that like messes with me. Go watch I don't know, that, like nothing scares me at all. Like I, I think I maybe numbed myself by playing uh, Dead Space because like I'll, I don't know. If was, like I used to play that at like three o'clock in the morning with like my surround sound on and all the lights off. So like that, I scared the, the piss out of myself playing that. So any movie like doesn't phase me whatsoever. But like some video games will get like the new. Oh, I can't wait for the new Resident Evil. But the last Resident Evil had quite a few like terrifying, like fighting that dad and stuff. Man, that's God. It was fucking scary. But yeah. Well, Zach, uh, Antonio, thank thank you so much, you guys. I told you I keep you an hour, and I'm at an hour sixteen, so I don't I don't want to be a, a punisher, as, as Jamie Josta would say. But uh, <laughs> you know, I also want to want to tell people too. Uh, Memoirs of a Broken Poet came out what at the end of July, right, Antonio? So yep, definitely yep. go check out Antonio's uh, other work outside of uh, outside of the band, man. Yeah. And. Thank and, you. and and where where can it, I'll put it up on the on the podcast uh, in the description once I release it to you guys? But uh, let let the people know where they can find you too out there. Um, as far as uh, as far as the solo work, you can I have a website AntonioTheGreat.com. You can go grab physical copies of uh, Memoirs of a Broken Poet. And I also have another album on there called Legacy, as well as some cool shirts and some like mixtapes and stuff like that. Um. And as far as the band, I believe our website is Discrepancies Music. Is that what it is? Or just, okay, yeah, Discrepancies Music. Um, and yeah, you can grab all the, all of our stuff from there. That's like kind of our hubs. We're on every platform, I believe. Um, yeah. any, every streaming platform available. Wait, Spotify, Apple Music, all that. And then also social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. If you just type in Discrepancies, you'll find us. So Yeah, have a bunch of videos on youtube 
But if you want to subscribe to vlogs and everything. Yeah, yeah. If you want to subscribe to our actual, because like a lot of our videos are on other pages and stuff like that. But if you want to subscribe to ours, it's called Discrepancies TV. Yep. 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 Right on. Well, Antonio, Zach, thank you so much, man. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking taking over an hour of your time, uh, especially at the at the end of a work week and everything. Much love to you and yours. A lot of respect for what you guys do, and uh, keep keep your heads up, man. I know twenty twenty's been crazy, but uh, I'm looking forward to the new record, and I, I really enjoyed the conversation. Keep in touch, you guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Sure, no problem. Thank you. All right. Take care. Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was my conversation with Antonio, a.k.a. ATG, Antonio the Great, and Zach from Discrepancies. Thank you guys so much for doing the show. I really appreciate the time. I enjoyed the conversation, and thank you to all of you for listening. Make sure you go check out Discrepancies on Instagram, at Discrepancies. They're on Twitter. Their YouTube channel is Discrepancies TV, and their website is discrepanciesmusic.com. I will be sure to put up all the links. You can obviously find them on the streaming services like Spotify. And, and I highly recommend you check out the YouTube channel because they're one of the bands out there that is still putting in a lot of creativity and artistic direction into their music videos. I mean, their their music videos have been really, really cool. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to the new record. And if you're listening to this, they've got more new music out, which we'll get to in a second. But I just want to say thank you again to Garrett, the bassist, for setting all this up. To Zach and Antonio for doing the show. Also, shout out to Addison, the guitarist and vocalist as well in the band. Really appreciate what you guys are doing. I really appreciate uh, the connection you're making with people. It's authentic. It's real. I felt it. I know your fans are feeling it. And I know 2020 has been rough for everybody. But uh, positive vibes to everybody in the discrepancies camp, man. I can't wait to to hear all of the new music again everybody you can check out the show at march4th.podbean.com you can follow me on twitter at mike v bauman you can also check out the podcast on instagram at march4thpod and i'm on a lot of the streaming services like spotify apple music and iheart like i mentioned at the beginning and podbean is the host site if you're interested in starting a podcast i highly recommend that you check out podbean because they have a lot of affordable pricing and they've been good to me, man. So positive vibes all around. But but yeah, just, uh, you know, that conversation, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground, you know, not only with the band um, and, and horror movies there at the end uh, for, for you horror movie buffs out there. But uh, but also I really appreciated Antonio's comments, you know, on uh, what's going on in our country right now with uh, with race and police brutality, you know, um, to get his perspective as not only a, a black man, but a black father in america today um it was really you know really you know to me kind of important and i don't i don't like to get self-righteous you know this is not a political show i've said it before i'm not a politician uh quite frankly i don't have much interest in it because it's just so divisive what's what's on the news all the time it seems like but you know like i mentioned in the conversation to me it's not even an issue of politics it's a human issue and uh to get his perspective you know, again, as, as a as a black man, as a black dad in America about what it's like, um, I thought those words were really important, and I appreciate him for opening up about that. Um, and we got a long way to go, you guys. You know, you know, some of it kind of made me sad because it's just like it's 2020. It's like, what are we doing? You know, I, I, I don't I don't understand why it's so hard for us to be good to people. I don't know why it's so hard for us to to treat people the right way, regardless of where they come from or what they look like. But 
to me that's what's really awesome about this band as well is it's proof that you know this is what happens when you open your ears when you open your mind when you open your heart and you're willing to extend your hand out to uh, somebody else who doesn't look like you who's not from you know maybe the same part of town or even the same town that you're from and these guys have blended rap and rock in a beautiful way and it's connecting with a lot of people and like I said in the beginning I think you're going to continue to hear much more from this band as time goes on and we're all going to get through 2020 and i hope 2021 is a big year for everybody in the discrepancies camp so shout out to all of them again and i also want to plug antonio's album memoirs of a broken poet his rap work you can go check out antoniothegreat.com i think he might have physical copies available through that uh, don't quote me on that but nonetheless check out antoniothegreat.com you can also find memoirs of a broken poet on the streaming services it's on spotify so make sure you go check out his his work outside of the band as well you guys and uh again man just be good to each other you know this life is is really short um you know 2020 has been rough for everybody so as somebody who loves music as somebody who loves doing this stuff uh this this is just something that's a like a, a release for me it's an outlet for me, and uh, I wouldn't want to live in a world without music. So in light of everything that's gone on and all of the artists who have been affected by this, you know, it's not just the big bands. It's it's all of the the, the bands on the come up. It's it's the, the unsigned bands. It's, you know, independent, you know, every everything from independent to major label people have been affected by this, not just the artists themselves, but... You know all the all the people who put the show together you know all the people who do the sound and you know all the crew members for each one of these bands so you know please go out there and buy the merch buy the physical copies um you know sh you know tell a friend spread the word you know whoever it is whether it's discrepancies whether it's atg um or whoever else you like out there Uh, that guy on the motorcycle, support him, support Harley Davidson. They don't sponsor the show. <laughs> that was gnarly. I'm just going to leave that in there, man. I'm just going to leave it in there. Maybe that's a sign that I need to wrap it up. But uh, definitely go out there and, and support whatever music you listen to. Buy the, Like I said, buy the merch, buy the physical copies. Um, there's also several bands that I think have links up just for, for uh, you know money to help support the crew members who have all been affected by this. So do what you can to just keep it going. You know, Same thing in your town. You know, uh, go get takeout from your local restaurants. You know, try try to keep these people in business, man. We got to lift each other up when, when things are down. So uh, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And on that note, I'm going to close it out by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. And speaking of being kind, Discrepancies was kind enough to share their latest single with me. And let me bring it to all of you on this podcast. Here is Crawling Back from Discrepancies. Peace. It isn't hard to see If you take your heart from me You'll take my everything And I can't keep, I can't keep crawling back I say to you, get mistaken.
mistaken as usual We ain't vibing like we used to Communication is crucial, I'm losing my mind Trying to find wherever we lost touch If we deny nature's design, what will it cost us? But I love your essence, even through all the stress And I find myself counting seconds to lock and be in your presence Cause our time is precious, but it puts us through the test It seems arguing over nothing and complaining about everything Sorry I broke your heart, that was never my intent Just know I'd rather let you go than to ever let you down again